What is going on, guys? We are here, as always, in the zone here with Nicholas Martelli, Giancarlo Alino. Nick, why don't you uh, give a nice little warm welcome, seeing as it's your first, technically your first episode on the mic here. Give us a good promo. How's it going, everybody? Uh, it's good to be here. Awesome. Looking forward to what we got to talk about today. Um, this is definitely a first for me, um, being on a podcast, but let's see what this is all about. I do tend to bring hot takes, if you will. You can call me crazy. That's fine. I know my sports opinion. I know my sports. I'm well-versed. So if you don't fucking like it too fucking bad, but that oh, is what it is. You just dropped the bomb right there. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to kick that off. Woo. Yeah, man. He's, he's got the Ric Flair drip on him too. He's looking, he's looking dapper today. Um, but anyways, we're going to kick things off. The Leafs are in Stockholm, Sweden. We got Willie, the superstar, Nick's favorite player in the whole wide world. Um, he's, he's center stage uh, in Sweden. Now, Lino, I want to quickly tell, uh, I want to ask you, we all know that there's a player on the Leafs. You know, you love Mitchie. I Mitchie's do. Mitchie's your guy. Um, but we all know that William Nylander right now, you know, he opens a season with a freaking 15-game point streak. We said that the original number about... I remember before when we were doing the pod maybe five months ago, like I remember telling you the number was at like 9.5. Is that number now just completely out of reach? Uh, for Toronto, I think that is very much out of reach. I think we're looking in the 10 range. I think Willie, as soon as he got off the plane in Sweden with that blonde <laughs> hair flowing in the wind, like Ric Flair, he had the coat on. He just went out and saw everybody. He's a king over there. The Leafs now, they're going to see who the real star of this team is in Europe. And uh, he's going to use that as leverage. So this is poorly timed on uh, the NHL's part because Nylander is going to use this whole Swedish tour when the fans are in there rocking the arena for Nylander. When Big Bill goes and scores a goal, they're going to be like, you know what? He's a star. We're going to have to pay up. And the jersey sales are going to prove it. I think this is going to be 10.5 mil. Oh, absolutely. I agree. He is a star, Nick. you got to pay the man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see... Anywhere else around the league, when you have a team that's, or even in the past, when you've had a team that's so star-studded with homegrown talent, you know, we people like to forget or they choose to forget that we were so fortunate enough to draft Nylander, draft Marner, and hit the lottery and draft Matthews. Um, and then, you know, you see the valuation that the Leafs were recently at at $2.6 billion, and yet the way Gary likes to handcuff people with the salary cap, you're struggling to pay a homegrown, homegrown guy. What is that? Yeah. I mean, like, it sucks, right? We, we talk all the time about contracts. We've been talking about it for a long time. I remember way back when we had to try and re resign Frederick Anderson. We had to let him go. We had to try and resign a boatload of other guys. Zach Hyman, he left. Connor Brown, he left. So it's just been a theme for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I want to quickly talk about Mitch Marner and John Tavares in this scenario. I know we all talk about how great they are. They're franchise-altering players. John Tavares, man, I mean, he I just don't think he gets the credit. I know we look at his contract and, yeah, you know, it's $11 million. It's quite a lot of money. But, man, people forget first year he comes here, 27 years old 47 goals in his first year man like yeah. the expectations like first couple years he kind of exceeded them for me career year for goals scored but you look at it now you look at the swedish tour you look at how willie's performing alino nick one of you guys answer me this is there a possibility now we know mitch marner has now that no move clause but is there a possibility that the leafs try and trade tavares or marner 
to extend this this player that Willie has become? I don't think it's going to be possible with Marner. Like this is <laughs> it's too risky because he is a great player, but he has his like cold streaks we've seen. But if you trade a guy like that, how many other teams, how many other analysts have been complaining about? Oh, this guy doesn't skate back. He doesn't block shots. Marner's, you know, he goes there and blocks <laughs> shots on the penalty kill. He's valuable in creating plays for his teammates. We saw Tavares is uh, that first year even that you brought up there. All the goals he scored. Marner is giving him that production. He's freeing up the ice for uh, Matthews too. Uh, nice now when he's just able to come in on that line. Bertuzzi, I don't know what the hell is happening. If he can't make it work there, then there's bigger issues. There, Go so. back to Boston. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, with the way things are looking with Bertuzzi and the way the rumors have been swirling with Zadorov and Tanev and everything else that's going on. <laughs> Truculence. Yep. I mean, <laughs> foot speed. At this rate, I could not give a single fuck about Bertuzzi. I mean, I just don't think he fits a system where there's this much talent and speed. He 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 played an amazing, amazing NHL forward, amazing in Detroit, um, was lights out in Boston, literally our worst nightmare or every team's worst nightmare on that line with Marchand and Krejci or Pasternak, whoever was on that line. But do they – I mean, look, Chris knows how I feel about uh, – the Leafs trading Mitch Marner. Please share that. Um, you know, I was I was beating on the drum this summer after how poor he looked in the playoffs. Um, that we should have traded him before his move no move clause kicked in. I was a big big fan of the idea of us sending him to Columbus and trying to get the pick for Fantilli and whatever else would have we would have been able to have scooped because from what Fantilli has shown, he's a pro-ready player. He's big, much bigger than Marner. I think he's a better skater than Marner. He just brings so many more things that Marner can't do when the chips are when the you know it's time to pony up and get down to it. Um, and another thing, like you were talking about, Nice. Nice brings it more than Mitch Marner. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, he does. He does. Like oh Matt, we, we were at the Ottawa game we were at. Matthew Nyes is playing 200 feet of hockey. Um, he's in the corners. He's more durable than Mitch Marner. Sure, okay, he can't kill penalties. He's he, he's not going to get fucking nominated for the Selkie. But who are we kidding? Mitch Marner's not winning the Selkie if the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. The Leafs need Marner to score 10, 15 goals in the playoffs if they want to win the Stanley Cup, not fucking worry about his plus minus in the playoffs. It's a big, it's a bit like we should have traded Marner. We're not going to be able to do it now unless Tree Living pulls something out of his ass because you got to pay Willie. You, who who else in the NHL has scoring like him that they've drafted? Uh, Matthews, but yeah. he's he's getting thirteen million. Yeah. Yep. The, the only other two examples that I can think of off the top of my head, guys, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is I mean Edmonton's playing like shit, but they got Leon and Connor, Ugh, the best yeah. players in the world. And then in Colorado, you got Nate and you got Miko Rantanen. Like who 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 else besides I mean Sid and Gino I have mean, been playing well for forever, but I mean you could argue that Willie has surpassed Marner to be the number two guy this year, but that's just this year. I I can't discredit Marner's like Marner's been phenomenal for us. Uh, he like I think he's already fifth all time in Leaf scoring now. I, I know that like Leaf all time scoring it doesn't matter, right? Like the big picture here is we want to win a Stanley Cup with this group. John Tavares has done tremendous work. Is he the greatest captain? Not really. You know, he's kind of neutral, uh, very, he's kind of robotic when he does his interviews. But hey, you know, if that's his process, that's his process. I, I said for years, man, give Morgan Riley the C. It's been his team since 
Matthews came here. Like Riley was the guy to say, listen, it's going to be kind of a bitch to play in Toronto. All the lights are here. Again, we're the most valued franchise. But to answer your guys' questions, I know Nick is not the biggest believer in Mitch Marner. I think before the season started, Alino, if Mitch Marner, if there's any GM in the league that's going to make a big splash, I thought it would have been Trey Living. I thought he would have came in here and been like, hey, I was the guy that traded Goudreau. So, like, Marner is a similar player to Goudreau, a play, an elite playmaker, makes his teammates better at times, not all the time. But he just didn't pull the trigger. So now, again, you're in this situation where William Nylander might get, I'm not going to say 50 goals. I'll say 40 goals for sure. But, man, the way he is looking, he looks like the most, this is like, this is a hot take. Right now, Alino, William Nylander has been our most dominant player. Oh, I, yeah, I like it. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree. With that, William Nylander, if you have the Tim Hortons app and you get to pick those hockey challenges, William Nylander, I'm always picking. I see Matthews sometimes hover over there, Marner. When I see Nylander and Marner, I'm picking Nylander. You see Matthew Nyes on the third category? <laughs> oh, the yeah, past, that's a steal. The, the, that's the, a steal. The past two, three weeks or whatever it's been, Chris and I, we've been doing the Timmy's picks. And I kid you not, the past two or three weeks, every single game that we have picked, if the Leafs have been playing, we have one or two players from the Leafs. It's either William Nylander or it's Matthew Nyes. Yeah. And yeah. The, va- <laughs> the value you get from Nyes in the third category is ridiculous. And then William Nylander, I saw it today. I can't, I can't recall who posted it on Instagram. It might have been the score, Sportsnet, one of the companies, whoever it was. And it was an insane stat. So take this in. Nylander has been arguably, if not not arguably, the best player on the Leafs this year. Production wise, you name it. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. The only yeah. the only thing he hasn't done this year is get what two or three hat tricks like Austin Matthews. That's the yeah. only thing he hasn't done. But otherwise, he's been the best player. But anyway, the stat was he is the first Maple Leaf in Maple Leafs history to start the season with a nine game point streak. Or it was something like that. Whatever whatever it was. And when I saw that, I literally thought to myself, We're screwed. Well, it, it's not even that we're screwed. It's like, think of think of some of the goals, like elite goal scores that the Leafs have had. I mean, okay, within a certain period of time, that was very sparse. But when you actually think about their abilities, so like guys like Phil Kessel, McGillney, Sundin, um, Sittler, like I know you got to go way back after that point, but like there was a period of time in Leafs hockey where you mean to tell me some of those guys weren't able to go like nine games in a row getting an assist or a goal? Like a guy like Matt Sund- like Matt Sundin, fucking greatest captain of all time for the Leafs. I mean, some people might not agree, but in terms of what he was able to do with some of those horrible teams, he didn't win a Stanley Cup. But I mean, am I crazy? Like maybe, but no. So we, we gotta we gotta talk about a number here. So Alino says ten and a half. Nick, I know you're at you're at around ten and a half. Well, but but here here's I feel the, like I'm downplaying him. I, I, I've been saying nine point seven five, and everyone's oh looking man. at me like you're out of your mind now because <laughs> well, Pasternak got eleven or something. Well, yeah, but the problem is though too is like you're so you're so caught up on the the numbers of the salary cap. Like you you're, you're just thinking of oh well, we have no cap space and we got to sign four other guys and uh, we only got nine hundred and fifty thousand or whatever it is in cap space. We can't sign them. The reality is it's like, say William Nylander this year scores 52 goals, 35 assists, whatever it is, right? You mean to tell me on a Toronto Maple Leafs team that struggles year after year to find consistent secondary or tertiary scoring that in this NHL, 
you're not paying him 10 and a half to 11 million over an eight year period. Because here's the thing. We'll be able to get Nylanders, I'd like to think, to sign an eight-year deal. He wants to be here. He does, yeah. You're n- no chance in hell. I mean, Matthew said it publicly. Even his agent said it. You're not signing him more than four or five years. You can you can fuck right off. Like, And then Mitch Marner's just going to have his dad bully you into signing a contract <laughs> that he wants his son to do. Like, I was telling Chris about He's this. not wrong, man. I was telling Chris about this. Kyle Dubas's season, uh, his postseason, I think, whatever year Marner signed that contract. I sh- remember I was telling you about it. Let me let me uh, find it and pull it up. Uh, you guys can keep talking. Once it I was, find it, I'll pull it up. It, it, it was it something up. along the lines, Alino, of like one of the worst off seasons that Kyle Dubas had was the year that we traded Kadri. So we traded oh, Kadri. Yeah. We traded oh, Kadri. Yeah. We get Kerfoot and Tyson Berry. We got a year of Tyson Berry where, you know, you expect Tyson Berry to be a huge upgrade to Jake Gardner, and he was at the time, but. You only had Barry for a year. Kerfoot was great, man. Like I, I always like Kerfoot. I know a lot of other Leaf fans that I've talked to. They're like, yeah, he's a he's great at doing nothing out there. And it's like, well, you know, at times, yes, but he does score those key goals. But so we traded Kadri. That was the same at the same time that year. We extended Mitch Marner, and that was where Mitch Marner basically went to Dubas and said, "Listen, like I'm the future of this team. Like I want at least." 10.5 to 10.9. He gets the 10.9 and his contract ends in point. I think it's like 0. 0.16 or 0. 0.93, which was his junior number, which is just so childish. But Nick is basically saying with this organization, with the Leafs, that was the downfall. So again, Cal Dubas isn't here anymore. He's dealing, he's wheeling and dealing there in, in Pittsburgh. But what do you think about that summer, man? Do you think it kind of started a domino effect or do you think since the Tavares signing, we were kind of screwed? There is a problem with the whole NHL. This is uh, my view on it. Gary Bettman doesn't remove the salary cap. He doesn't raise the salary cap. So this is the only sport where I see where analysts and uh, everyone involved in the game are discouraging the player from getting the most amount of money. Like the NBA, they're like, you're not wrong. Max, UFC, they're like, you know what? We got to get these bigger fights. WWE, they're like, ah, that merchandise thing is a part of it. MLB, they go in for like $200 million deals (laughs) if they can. NHL, they're discouraged. Well, what we're talking about here, like you want to talk about money in leagues. Shohei Otani is on the verge of possibly signing like a 600 to $500 million contract. No one's fucking talking. Well, people are talking about it, but like, here's my thing, right? You mean to tell me you sit down with Gary Bedman in a fucking room. And I mean, this will probably never happen. If it does, fuck, pinch me. Um, You look at the average value of an NHL franchise and you mean to tell me that when they're averaging over 700 or $500 million to the upper end of 2.6 billion being the Toronto Maple Leafs, you mean to tell me that you can't have a salary cap that is around 120 to 150 yeah. million at least. Like, what what are we doing? Okay, yeah, COVID. Ooh, COVID. Every every league struggled and figured it out with COVID. Baseball was fine. Basketball was fine. The NFL was fucking more than fine. Hockey was the only one that fucking, we're going to do a bubble. The Canadian teams can only play each other because of vaccine bullshit. And everyone else can uh, play in the American division. But, like, How? It doesn't make any sense. Is it that Gary Bettman sucks at trying to get us TV deals? Like, is is that it? Like, or so. or is it that he just he's, he's like, no, I need to make it this much so that I can have more American teams in fucking expansion, and then, well, slowly raise the salary cap. Like, what 
the fuck? Like, I think it doesn't was, make any sense. I think he was just so infatuated with the idea of Vegas and Seattle where he kind of just fucked off with the rest of the league. Look, look, I got I to gotta give him credit. Vegas, home run. Vegas figured out how to win a Stanley Shut Cup. Up. No, no. <laughs> Six years. The Leafs haven't figured out how to do that since 1967. Six years. Six. How many? No, no, no. Hold on. How, how long has it been since we drafted Austin Matthews? It's been like seven, seven years, years yeah. now. So, so they figured out how to do it. Mind you, okay, sure. The free agency class for the expansion draft they had that year was insane. Absolutely it was. You can't take anything away from that. But what did they do when they couldn't fucking figure it out? They didn't give a fuck. We got to trade him? Fine. Get him out of fucking town. Bring in him. Bring in him. And they fucking won a Stanley Cup. How? I think how? The, I think the main thing with, with Vegas is... I love how they play, but what the fuck? Yeah. They, they hit a home run on Jack Eichel. Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo is a team where, again, we we're talking about it before the pod. They're they're fucked. They're they're frauds, man. Like you, you just Tage Thompson just got hurt. Fifty goals last was it fifty close it was, to fifty goals last year. Close. He looked like Mario Lemieux last year, and now, I mean, I love Alex Tuck as a player. He's a homegrown Buffalo Saber. Like he was born a Buffalo Saber fan. How many guys in the league do you know that grew up a Buffalo Saber? <laughs> that's fan? a rare find, right? I, there. I mean, the only other guy that's a homegrown guy there that never played there is. He's from there. It's Patrick Kane, but he's right? not going there. No, 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 not now. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but to to your point, like I I wouldn't necessarily say Buffalo is is okay. Buffalo is fucked in terms of what kind of season they're going to have. Oh, they're frauds. Yeah, they're fraudulent <laughs> yeah. this year. But 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 when you think of it though, they have something that most of the NHL does not fucking have, and you know what that is? A fucking goalie. You know how bad goaltending has become in the NHL. Oh. It is. We could talk about that another day. Oh my, it's. Dog shit. Like, if, it is bad. Alino, next time we're here, I want you to bring up my fantasy goalies. Oh, mine it's, are solid. I had a nice strategy on all that my, Dude, <laughs> my fantasy goalies are... Nick, you're going to die of laughter. I have Joseph Wall, who's good, but he's an unproven goalie. I got <laughs> Aiden Hill and Piotr Kochetkov. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Sturk and Ottinger Demko, boom. Yeah, you're you're. <laughs> I, you know what? I need to make a trade with you. Yeah. That's that's insane. Uh, but yeah, no. We, like, I just want to quickly go back to the Vegas thing because, like, you trade Alex Tuck, and you know what he was with Vegas. He was a first. He was a the first line right winger with them with William Carlson, who forty goals that year with him. You had Mark you had Mark Stone, you had Riley Smith. And what does Buffalo do? They don't help out their superstar. They say, we're not going to give you that surgery. Vegas is like, okay, we got the money to do it. We're going to do it. And all of a sudden, this guy leads their team last year in the playoffs, and they win it all. And by the way, it helps that you have Petrangelo on the back end. Well, well okay, let me just say something before, Lino, you, you chime in. How many fucking teams in the NHL, if they have a player like Jack Eichel, and he needs to have a surgery like that, and you mean to tell me they're not going to agree or at least explore their franchise player, who's their best player that they've had in, fuck, God knows how long. It's probably since like when they had McGillney, a, McGillney yeah. a Finneganov, Briere, Vanek, like that that era of, of Sabres teams that were gr- like really good fucking teams. They're not going to let their player 
explore other options and then say he finds one that could actually work, they're going to tell him no. Are you kidding me? That that like and, but and that's, that's but that's my point is you, should, you shouldn't trade him like at all. Well, like you should you should give him the surgery. Like that's like if Matthews broke his fucking wrist again. Knock on wood. Buddy. And it's like it's like yeah. By the way, like you're not gonna ever get fifty goals again. We're gonna trade you because we don't want to fix your wrist and we don't want to help you out. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of fucked up. Like you, you like Jack Eichel was supposed to be. Like, arguably better than, like, okay, it's Connor McDavid, but, like, he was a close second in that draft. Like, is Matthews better than Eichel? Yeah, probably, but right now, Eichel has the cup. McDavid and Matthews don't. (laughs) But but, but that's what it comes down to. Like, I'm just going to say, like, it you know it's the nhl is that odd thing unfortunately that has become where it's it's kind of a laughing stock compared to other leagues where oh players no no but players in other leagues or in other sports are allowed to go get a second opinion away from team doctors and more often than not they are willing to cooperate and help them whereas in the nhl in that i mean it's one instance one instance unfortunately but you mean to tell me you're gonna say no like like it, it bit him in the ass but Mind you, there must have been some sort of, you know, disagreement because Buffalo's trying to look after their investment, the guy they drafted, and they're like, yeah, Jack, you know, we want you to be healthy, but if you don't need surgery or we don't want to do the surgery because we also want to look after you, okay, yeah, it's a double-edged sword, like you said, Chris, but like, it's kind of wild that they didn't do it. They did right by the player and they moved on. In other sports like football or basketball, they'd be like, you don't want to participate or even in soccer. You get into a fight with the coach over an espresso or whatever the fuck it is. You're going to sit on the bench and you're going to rot or you're going to get cut or you're going to get waved. Like, you know, they would have had him sit in the press box until he was healthy again. But at least they moved him. He won a cup and now we can move on. Now you can go ahead and chime in. With this that. is going to be a controversial topic or controversial opinion here. And I think the NHL needs it. But what about Saudi Arabia money coming into this? <laughs> No, 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 I mean, no, no. You're gonna have this one owner you're, to buy you're gonna, Detroit. You're, you're gonna have fucking free Palestine signs at the games and shit. No, oh. no, 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 no. Okay, don't get don't get political here. Okay? I mean, like, I, mean, I, I seeing, don't want. I don't seeing, want seeing Saudi money in the NHL is getting pretty political too. I mean, Gary Bettman's Jew, like not not for nothing. Like <laughs> business is business, but the, 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 there's other things to take into consideration. This is a Just great saying. episode with Nick. Oh, hey, this, oh, this is amazing. Can I you love imagine it. the salary cap? How much that would go up? It's like, oh, okay, we got a hundred million just for Phoenix. Are you uh, are you kidding home. me? It would it wouldn't be a salary cap. It'd be like baseball. It's like, yeah, we got a luxury tax of six hundred million if you want to pay it, and then do whatever the fuck you want. The first guy that would go off is Kuznetsov. Are oh, you kidding me? The oh make how much? God. The Russians would want to come over. They'd be like, "What? I could, I you you mean I can come play and do what I want and make and, all money? And, sure. And and a guy like Jack Hughes, as soon as he sees that money, he's gonna yeah. look at his contract, and be like, "You better be giving me sixteen million, not eight. <laughs> you double that contract because he's a he's a fucking steal right now too. You you want to you want to talk about a team that was a couple years ago not really worth anything, and then all of a sudden they they got arguably the most marketable and most entertaining player in the league to watch. It's fucking Jersey. I'm glad you said marketable because there's not a lot of marketable guys in the league. And Jack Hughes is one of them. You see his interviews. I like it. He's like, yeah, I'm just here drinking my Gato. Like this guy's for the boys. You, you know who, you know who he reminds me of a little bit. And I mean, this is just going back to what we grew up watching as kids growing up in Canada, watching hockey and everything and playing hockey is he has this sort of like, enigma about him similar to like 
a Jeremy Roenick in the like, oh my, I'm a, I'm a great fucking hockey player. It doesn't matter what you can tell me. I'm going to show you. But then he also has the like, the real like, yeah, you know, I'm just here drinking my Gato, kind of like what Biz, what Biz has going from Paul Biz and that Biz Nasty, right? So he has that perfect blend of like, I'm a great hockey player, too fucking bad for you. And I'm one for the boys and I'm here to have a good time. And it meshes so well because what are you going to tell that guy when he's playing the way he's playing? Oh, like yeah, if, it, if it was like Paul Bissonnette doing that, buddy, you're a fucking like, <laughs> you're a bum. Get out of here. I'll do respect to biz. I mean, like you're, what you're doing post hockey is amazing, yeah, but you know, you needed hockey to give you that platform. So I'm all for the success you're having, but like, you know, if you're going about your business, how Quinn Hughes is going about your business playing hockey and you're not doing the results. I mean, everyone in the league is going to chirp you and, you know, say you're this and you're that like, it, it's crazy. Like, and I mean, that's the problem with hockey players for the most part. Like if you're good, you're told to be humble. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, a little smug, but he's humble. Like, <laughs> no, no, he, he is like, he has he that, smug. he has yeah, that, he you is. know, that smirk that yeah. like he was on the Pat McAfee show and, uh, Darius, Darius it's Bucker. It's all the commercials he's in, man. No, but like, uh, Darius Bucker on, uh, I hope I said his name right on Pat show. They were interviewing him because, you know, Pat loves hockey, Pittsburgh boy. Love Pat. Love the show. Um, they asked him, so what's, what was your coming to the league, welcome to the league moment? And, you know, they're on the Zoom call and you see Austin. He's sitting there with his hat backwards. And, he, you know, he's kind of like, well, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things that go into uh, your first game in the show. But, uh, you know, my first game, I, sc- I scored four goals. It's like, oh, buddy, like. I mean, who are you to tell him that he can't do that? But, like, th- there needs to be a bit more of it because there's so much money to be made, and you see it in other sports. Like, oh, look, got, did you see last night with the NBA, man? Like, yeah, Clay Charisma. Thompson, Draymond Green, like, Rudy Gobert. Like, yeah, it's a little fucked up, but you need it in the league. Like, yeah. like even I saw, what was it, like a last year's playoffs with the Rangers and the, and the Devils? <laughs> Like, dude, like Truba and Heischer are gnarling at, like, they're like they're going at him. Like, this is good. And even, I think it was one of the post games, like, they asked Jack Hughes. They're like, how do you feel about the loss? And he's, he just looked at the camera. He's like, he's like, I don't know. How would you feel getting shut out? And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, there's like heat that. that gets heated there. Like, there's not enough of that in the NHL. Like, can you, I can't name you more than three times, Alino, where Ovi and Crosby were, like, that heated on a mic is is well, need more charisma in that league a hundred percent like and it's bad because you see the tv ratings like advertisers coming in like that's what's going to generate money if they don't understand that as a business side they just all want to be humble and be everyone's friend and go for fucking dinners here and there they're not going to make even more like they're going to see their salary cap stay at whatever it is it won't go up like 20 mil like an nba so they need to do it you're absolutely right and i think one of the the biggest detriments i want to say to hockey is is besides besides the, the guy that's running the league i mean he's done he hasn't done a, a lot of bad things he's done quite a few great things like historically if you look at his run as being a gm the one thing that does bother me is that the last team that won the cup is the habs in 1993 and in 1994 he becomes the gm or the commissioner and a canadian team hasn't won since that's a little fucked up um, it does look, yeah, it looks a little, it, it, but it, okay, look, it doesn't look good on him when you think of that in perspective, but also doesn't look good on the Canadian teams either. But before I get off track with that, um, 
unfortunately what's happened in the past is when you've had hockey players, great hockey players or good hockey players from the generation before like Sid and Malkin and then leaking over into the younger guys that are in their primes now, when those guys got heated or they got intense in interviews, they would always have to deal with all the backlash and the flack. Oh, he's unprofessional. He's supposed to carry himself. And it's like, to a point, you're right. Ultimately, when you're a hockey player, even when we played hockey growing up, you're always supposed to use how you felt. And that's how you played your game. So if you're pissed about getting blown out 5 nothing, okay. You're, I mean, you're not going to put Ryan Reeves' line out there because they're not going to do anything. And you don't want a penalty at that point because the game's almost over. You want to put on like a Domi and Nye's line who's going to muck it up and try to get something going. And you're going to play with that grit. So I think a lot of guys are so used to translating how they feel to how they play in those games, but they lose that. Nah, man, like where, where's the personality? Where's the charisma, the moxie? Like it's fun to see. It's engaging. It bothers me because it's like, you know, you guys are some of the toughest athletes in the world. Show that you're fucking pissed off. It's a good thing. It's not always a bad thing. And I think it's one of those things where we need to see it. Like you see Connor McDavid get mad at all the time on the ice. One of the funniest things is when you see uh, back when the Leafs were doing the, um, what was it? The HBO series or whatever it was. Oh yeah. And Sid was, and Sid was mic'd up again, or Dion was mic'd up and <laughs> Sid's every other word with Sid was just fuck you. Who the fuck you think? It's like, no, if you know Sidney Crosby and you watch hockey, you know, he's like that because of those clips or he's that intense. You don't know who the fuck Sidney Crosby is because you watch, if you're Stephen A. Smith or whoever it is, you think he's some mellow marshmallow who plays hockey and he's tough because he's a hockey player. You don't think of him as this intense competitor like a Tom Brady or whatever it is. Like, There's something that needs to switch. I don't know if it's you need more marketing people talking to the players to get them in that mind frame away from the game or during the game, but it's something that they need to do if they want to see $15 million a year over a five-year span. Yeah, I mean... I'm glad you brought up Sidney Crosby because I don't know if it was like two weeks ago, but uh, there was that one game, Alina, where someone hit, I think it was Gunsel or someone from behind, and Sid immediately dropped the gloves. And it was like, okay, I know Crosby's gotten into maybe, well, like a handful of fights in his career, maybe a little more. Maybe six or seven. But like, he just like dropped the gloves immediately, like beat the guy up, goes to the box, and just did not say a word. And it's like, okay, like this guy has been in the league for 17 years, man. Like it's been a long time. He's still a huge impactful player, 19 points in the first 14 games. We all know what Sid's going to do, but we need more guys like that, man. Like John Tavares, where are you? Like why are you not dropping the gloves? I know you're a little more skilled. Look at what Stammer did against Matthews in the playoffs. He fights him. Matthews obviously tries to fight him. I mean, Matthews is not a fighter, but we need more of this in the league now where guys like Patrick Kane, Jack Hughes, they're going to fight? No, they're not because they're 180 pounds soaking wet. But my point is, like just bringing this all back together, is you need personality in this league because we don't have enough of it. But hey, I want to quickly now go on. Patrick Kane, this is a guy... He's been in Oakville. He talked to Toronto this week. Alino, I want to start this with you. Do we actually have a legitimate chance of nabbing a guy like Patrick Kane? And if we do, we know we talked about the Ryan Reeves potential trade, Klingberg potential trade. Does that happen sooner than later if we want to get Kane? I think it has to. I think uh, they're looking at Klingberg, Bertuzzi, maybe both if you can get a third team. And 
I think Tree Living is looking at it. It didn't work. He tried. He swung at it. At least he tried to bring those guys in and do like a trade deadline in July. But I think we're seeing the problem of uh, some GMs working that way because if it doesn't get going early, the chemistry doesn't build. At least if you do it in uh, February, it's like, okay, the playoffs are coming up. Intensity ramps up. But we're seeing that it doesn't really work in certain situations. And I think looking at Kane coming in, He's coming off the hip surgery, so it gives him more time to be on the LTIR if he comes in, and the Leafs can go around and shop Bertuzzi probably to Boston, where it looks like he was all fun and games with Marshawn. They can go pick up where they left off. Don't fucking get me started. I thought that that was so... That was... that. It looked bad on him. It looked bad on the Leafs. It looked bad on... Like, that was just bad, and it, it's so rough. No, no. Like, that. that's... Chris, you know, anyone that's played competitive sports growing up, and you see a guy that used to play on... And they do that, like that's fucking. It's one of the worst bush league. Yeah, that's, that's bush league. That's that's bad. That's one of the worst like teammate moments you can have. It's just you know your buddy just like what he high ankle sprain. He's out for he almost f- four he, to six weeks, missing this whole Swedish tour. He's Swedish. He couldn't. And you're just play. gonna laugh at Marshawn, yeah. like oh he doesn't mean it. It's like buddy, go go on the Bruin bench. Yeah. Just just get Phil over. Phil Kessel it. did when someone tried to fuck with him. Oh. John Scott, oh, stick guys went two-handing out. him like a freaking, <laughs> like he's sort of the stone over there. Clarkson didn't even know the guy comes off the bench <laughs> and uh, he took a suspension. He took one for the team. That's a kind of response. Hey, I what did I wanted. what did I tell you last week about Bertuzzi signing? Might be the worst since Clarkson. Ryan Reeves. Similar. They're uh, fucking I, similar. I, I, I think it's. I, a lot of Lee fans, me being one of them, Chris, you were even Alino. I know we were all kind of excited when we saw Reeves sign. Yeah. You know, we truculent, yeah. We, like well, no, because we thought we were going to get something that the Leafs needed. They do need a they need a guy that's tough like him, but they need a guy that can fucking skate. The guy can't skate. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to pick a fight with him because that'd be fucking stupid. But you mean to tell me you sign a guy at that term and that money, and he can't skate, and he looks like he looks that bad on the ice, like? Like you said, it's it's nice that he tried doing something tree living when he got here, but he he made the wrong moves. Like it, it is what it is. Like I would love to see him sign or trade Klingberg, Reeves, and fuck maybe like fuck who the fuck are you gonna throw someone from the fucking Marlies? Send him to Calgary for Zadorov and whoever. Then at least you have some cap space where you can be like, hey, Patty Kane, we're gonna sign you a one year vet min. And we're going to slot you in once you're healthy on the first fucking line or the second line. And then when you actually think about that, when you look at the Leafs depth chart, that will balance out the issues we have between the second and the third line not producing. Because that Gregor line, that third or fourth line that he's on with Domi and... uh, And Robertson on that line. Yeah, and Robertson. That line the other night was fucking... They were the only reason why we won that game. I mean, okay, we we what we won in shootout, but that was the only reason why we won that game. Dude, you got to give love to Cali Yarn Croak, man. I mean, there's times where he's again like a curfoot, like he doesn't do much, but when he's going, like his confidence, man, he's he's rolling. He scores. I mean, he doesn't necessarily finish his checks, but do a lot of people on the Leafs? No, not really. But here's the thing that really upsets me, Alino and Nick, is like we bashed the Wayne Simmons contract. Like we like we did. Like I remember when we re-signed him. Everyone's like, "Why are you re-signing Simmons?" It's like, well, we need truculence. We need Simmons at least looked more engaged than Ryan Reeves did. And Ryan Reeves was getting like, what, two times the money that Simmons got? So, I mean, I know Trey Living tried to make a splash. Like you said, Alino, he tried to do the trade deadline in July. Comes, it's a fresh start. 
But man, I just, I don't think a single move he made has worked. Not one. Maybe. Like I'm just maybe <laughs> you can say that he gave Lilgren some confidence by keeping him on. And he could have traded him right when he got here. Mm-hmm. That's one. Domi kind of. He it's, it's a little boarding line with Domi. But. Hey, he he, he could have traded Nylander too. Yeah. He almost he, he probably him. almost did for all we know. Like at one point it was like, yeah, Nylander's out the door. Good fucking luck. Too bad. Goodbye. And what's Willie done? And he said, Fuck you. You guys gotta fucking pay me now. He doesn't he doesn't play he's not a leaf at the beginning of the year. What the fuck's our record now? Oh we're, fuck. we're we're probably towards the bottom of the fucking conference. Yeah, I mean uh Willie's been the most dominant player on our team. Him and Matthews, 100%. And we don't give Riley enough love. I mean, they took him off the first power play. Stupid. Like, okay, Klingberg, that's his role. But we, no. saw, we saw what he did in Anaheim. Invisible. Yeah. We saw what he did at the tail end of his career in Dallas. Invisible. He is not the same player from 2014-15 when he had 45 points in 60 games. And then the next season had 60 points in 80. Like, this is not the same Klingberg. Like he's not going to put up, like, th- like what's like Moritz Sider in in Detroit. That guy's going to get sixty points. Like he, they they thought Klingberg. Yeah, let's just put him on the top power play. Yeah, you're going to get seventy points now. It's like no, that's not how it works. He has no defensive IQ. I mean, like Klingberg, in his heyday, was a really good defenseman, a very underrated defenseman. Offensively, great. He he was he was a perfect positional defenseman. That like. What made Klingberg so good or so great at one point was offensively, one of the best defensemen in the league. Defensively, he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He would always be in the right place, try to get a stick on it, body position, the whole nine yards. He never really made bad passes. Now, I don't know what the fuck's happened. Like, it's like the drop off. It's so bad. Like, oh man, it's it's brutal. You know what it it's is, really guys? brutal. You know what it is? Well, he he never had to compete with a guy like Amiro Heiskanen. Well, oh, I think yeah, th- I think true. that ruined him completely. It's like, <laughs> I, holy shit! I see this guy coming up the ranks, third overall. Shit, my time's up. <laughs> I got I got a question for both you guys, and I I feel like this is a question not enough people. Alino started. Not enough people in sports in Toronto or in that cover hockey have thought about this. This just came to my mind as we were talking about this. Is it just that the Leafs defense has been so bad for so long because the thought process in upper management and head office is that we have such a good offensive group of players that we don't need defense? Like, it, it, because that's what it looks like it's come to. What We can score five, six goals a game and we'll still win. Well, what happens in the playoffs when you, you can score eight goals in a regular season game and then you can't get one? Because that's what it looks like. They've put all their eggs in one basket they said, fuck, we don't need a goalie. We'll play roulette with that. And then defense, we're just going to throw as many bodies as we can. Like, it, it, But is that what it has come to in Toronto? Like, you guys tell me. Like, I think so. I think ever since uh, Lou Lamarillo came in, Shanahan and Dubas, I think there was a shift. Because Brian Burke, to his credit, he was going for the defense when, like, Cody Franz and, uh, you know, Kamasira came in for enough. Mike Van Rien. Yeah, Mike Van Rien. I mean, they, they, they couldn't <laughs> skate after year two or three of some of those guys, but, like, they they were def- they were defensemen. No, no, they were defensemen. Oh, my God. Like, you're not wrong. Keep going. <laughs> he didn't go to center. That's the problem with them. Like, he gave false hope. He was selling false hope. He had Phil Kessel. He didn't have to worry about it because he's like, you know what, Phil, 
He's a God-given scorer. He's just going to go score. We don't need a center. We'll get Tim Connolly. We'll tell the fan base who Bozak. is dumb enough to come up and say, you know what, that's our center. Didn't work out. Bozak was amazing with him, but Kessel can only anchor so many guys, like Joffrey Lupo. Oh, and, my God. And who's who over there? But I think when the new regime came in and they wanted to get this identity of being an offensive juggernaut, they're like, you know what, we're going to spend that extra 2 to $3 million on the third line, maybe get some more scoring there, and... Our defense is going to suffer because I think you look at defensive defensemen in the league who I'd like to have, like a Hague type of guy, like Alexiak, that tree when we went to that Marley's game. That's Huge. the kind of guy you need. Huge. <laughs> you know what, man? Like you said it all perfectly there. If I'm a Morgan Riley, when does it get to the point where you just kind of go to management? Like, man, you're. I've been averaging 30 minutes a night for five years. I have no legs left. I'm only 30. Can you give me like a Noah Hannafin, a Chris Tanev, a, like you just said, you named Alexiak. Like there's a lot, like Adam Larson. Like there's guys out there that you could easily trade for. Is Seattle making any freaking push for a playoff? Probably not. You you mean to tell me at one point, I mean, Vancouver's playing great hockey now, but you mean to tell me we couldn't throw a third round pick at Vancouver and take Tyler Myers oh, off their yeah. hands? That's another one. No, no, like six like, foot nine. Yeah. yeah. The guy can shoot. He can skate. He can pass. I mean, if even if he has a harder time skating, how are you going to get around him? It's like having Chara on your blue yeah. line. Good luck. Like, I don't know. It was all the pressure I, I, of that, I, too. I right? do agree, though, man. Like, like you look at the last, like, six off-seasons, the Leafs, like, you get Placanitz, you get Marlowe, you get Thornton, you get, like, I'm, I know I'm missing names. But you know what that is, though? That's them being desperate to find veterans for leadership in the room. That's another, that was just going to get to that. That's Sorry. That's also a trend. That I've seen where it's like, how many veterans do you need? Well, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was just the most recent guy, and he left because of locker room problems. It's like, okay, well, I think that's Mitch Marner, but hey, keep going, <laughs> keep going. I mean, like again, everybody talks so highly. Like when O'Reilly came here, it was like the be all end all. Like I remember, I was sell I was like doing like the Selly at home. I'm like, we just got a Con Smythe winner on our team. The perfect he. I don't think there's one Leaf fan that would argue with what I'm about to say, and if they do whatever he was the perfect person to be a toronto maple leaf yeah everything he had about him was a winner he had his issues at the beginning in his career he turned it around and he was a perennial winner he knows what it takes to win like the perfect leaf he went from crashing into a tim hortons in his second year or rookie year whatever it was he, to he, getting like 55 million and then going to freaking St. Louis saying, hold my beer. We're going to have Bennington lead us to win a cup. And I'm going to lead the team in overtime goals and points. And then he comes to Toronto and it's like, you know what? It's pretty fun here, but peace out, man. I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so it's like, I remember Steve Dangle, like when he, when he brought that up, I was like, oh, we actually have a freaking problem here. You know what this reminds me of? AEW. Oh. Inmates running the <laughs> asylum. You got all the leaders come in. Jim Ross. You go get Chris Jericho, CM Punk. That worked elite. out, eh? Yeah. CM Punk. The young bucks are Austin Matthews <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch Marner without the t-shirts and without the super kicks. Hey, he, he, here's a question. Not question. Here's a, here's a, something I want to point to you guys. Isn't it safe to say, though, that like how much we've hit the lottery and jackpot with signing a guy like Mark Giordano and then... <laughs> no, no. Then having him work too damn hard last year and then still have him come back and take a hometown discount. Well, I feel bad for him because I don't think anybody expected Muzzin to go out like kind of how he did. Like yeah. that Montreal series fucked him up. Like it, when he got concussed, it's like, okay, like 
is this just a concussion or is this a career altering injury? And yeah. we knew what the answer was there. Same with John Tavares, man. Like since that tr that injury, I don't know if he's ever been the same player. You could argue it, but again, he's playing with Willie, and Willie's been the most dominant player this year. So th that's my exact point. But m my biggest flaw is, again, going back to the room. It's like, okay, we can get six goals a game here, but who the hell is going to be the true leaders? Because I've noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed, Matthews and Marner, they're not always assistant captains. They're like flipping back and forth. I think you have to start with... It's cool to have like a home assistant and then a, an away assistant. I think you need to have no. three guys that are just your captains. Like you have Riley, Tavares, Matthews as your, as that's it. I would like Marner's great, a great, I mean, I don't know how he is as a leader, but he's a great player. I don't understand why he's an assistant captain. Chime in if yeah. you guys want. I, I got something to say, Alino, you go first. Kind of like uh, Kessel. Remember when he was like scoring it? He's clearly the best player on the team. He doesn't have to be the assistant or the captain. Like, enough, he was a captain. He rarely, I guess to the media, he rarely would like get into those like altercations with people. Kessel, other story. <laughs> You're, this guy's <laughs> such an idiot here. Like, you didn't hear enough do that. He was probably more polished than that. Like, he could be more political and just, uh, you know, not get too carried away. Like, I think they're looking at the situation like, okay, Matthews is a goal scorer. This is going to be probably too much like additional pressure that we don't need a distraction and just give it to Tavares who barely talks and hopefully he'll rally the troops and uh, get them going. You know what the problem is? They have alternate captains for home and away because they can sell more jerseys and make more money. If you look at teams that actually fucking win Stanley Cups, and I hate to go back to this, but it's the damn truth. You have core leadership. You don't fucking name four guys the core four and make it seem like the whole thing revolves around them. And you have guys that are bona fide leaders that know how to win and let their body of work in winning or playing the game of hockey do that. They put people in their place in the locker room. There's no issues. There's no whatever. But instead, what ends up happening, which ultimately it's all about money. Like if you really think about it, especially in Toronto, do you really think they care if they win a Stanley Cup at this point? The arena's fucking sold out every night for God knows how long now, for maybe another 30 years. Everyone in Toronto has a Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, or a Morgan Riley jersey, and people buy them brand new all the time. How many times you go to a game, if you're lucky enough to go to one, you'll see a line in the store for people buying brand new jerseys at 300 bucks a piece off the shelf. It doesn't matter. That's the sad thing. You could have the best leaders on the Leafs. They're not going to be your captains because they want the guys that are going to fill the seats and make them the most money. That's what the problem is. Why didn't Morgan Riley become captain? Because they brought John Tavares home. They paid him all that money. And he said, I'm not coming home unless you pay me $11 million a year. And I'm going to be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, my boyhood dream, which in all fairness, if I was in his shoes, I would say the same thing because every kid growing up in Toronto, that's a Leaf fan, wants to be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But with that being said, they have to fucking put their foot down, get the right leaders, and then hopefully, because everyone's talked about it for six years, we need a culture change in Toronto. We need to get tougher. <laughs> we need to find a way to win. Everyone that we've thought about bringing in to win hasn't helped us win. So what is the problem? Hmm. Yep, you gotta you gotta look at the the, the four there, right? Well, at least one of them. Some, Try, like that that's a, that was a whole narrative of the off season, man. You know, Steve Dangle's videos. You gotta fucking get like you gotta get rid of this core four. You have to at least 
you have to experiment going against it. And Trey Living just said, nah, we're going to keep it another year. You, you think he had a choice in saying that, though? Do you, like, Well, no, because Shanahan runs the cards there. And I, I hate like, to admit it, but, like, Shanahan, you got to take notes from your boy, Iserman, because, like, yeah. <laughs> Iserman makes it look so fucking easy. Stevie looks like he does it with his eyes closed. Yeah. I One of my favorite players growing up, but, like, he lo- what he did in Tampa, he's like, okay, I brought Tampa back to the promised land after Torts did it all those years ago. I'm going back home. I want to see my Red Wings win a cup. Fuck everybody. And now look at them. I mean, I don't know if they're going to win a cup, no, but, but like, like they're in, they're interesting and they're they've gone interesting really fast. Like look at the you brinket? go out and you get you go out and get you get the brinket. And yeah. you know he's a, he was a gr- disgruntled player on Ottawa. Homegrown boy? Same blueprint as Tampa. Same. Yeah, he exactly. just followed it right away. It worked both places. And th- that's the thing, man. Like you you got to understand that there are processes in the league that make you successful and for some apparent reason the Leafs just have their blinders up they look at the star four and they're like we're good to go how many guys have we brought in here Alino where it's like they should get 60 points like Joe Thornton guy comes here it's like that guy that guy was on the fucking way out come on now come on now if you brought him in five years before he should be putting up 60 to 80 points he had 82 points at 37 years old yeah, that year they yeah, brought in Marlowe, that on. was the time. Like if Thornton came in too when they were talking yeah. about getting them both and only Marlowe came, I think that Thornton, yeah. he lights it up. But like when they got him, it was like too late. Like the best team I think that we've had with this core four was 2018, hands down. Like you have Matthews, Tavares, Kadri as your top three centers. Which which year was it? Sorry, guys. And this sounds so silly saying this. What year did we, it was either the Washington year or the Columbus year? That was the oh, yeah. best. Columbus. Those two years. I'd say the Bruins was the best team we had. The best chance of us winning the cup was beating when it was Columbus or when it was Washington. It wasn't that Bruin. No, no not Washington. We That was our first year in the playoffs. But oh, Montreal. That COVID, both COVID years. Yeah. 2020 and 2020. Oh, so the Columbus <laughs> one, was that? No, the Montreal was when we had Felino. Yeah, that that was another gamble that went yeah. south because he had a broken back the whole and he time. And he didn't tell anybody. No, no, no. They they knew. It was just, we're probably going to give you some painkillers or shoot you up with some cortisol, and you should be good to go. And then, yeah, they don't have drug testing anyways. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, of course, you trade, just to get rid of Patrick Marlowe's contract, you trade a, a future asset like Seth Jarvis. So good job, man. Like it's It just, it, it always bites you in the ass when you get in these situations. But, man, like, Anything else you guys want to talk about with the Leafs or are we going to call well, it a day there, today? There, there are so many things that we can talk <laughs> about. It, it's it's actually sad. Like, so this would be the last thing, last fucking thing. And then goalies, we call please it. talk about the goalies. Well, goalies, yes. But there's one other thing I want to talk about before we get to goalies. Um, I saw it was either Sportsnet or it was TSN. Um, and one of the guys were saying, or it might even been Steve Dangle, um, it was talking about when the Leafs went through that horrible rut where those it was two or three games before they started winning again. They lost to Ottawa the game before they lost. And it was, no, it was at the beginning of the year when they had that rough stretch and people were like, we got to get rid of Keith. What the fuck's going on? And Seems like it's every year. No, no, yeah. But what ended up, one of them said was, it was, I think what's going on is it's, the core of four versus the rest of the team and the rest of the team based on how they were performing looks like they're fed up with the core four. And in turn, I don't, I wouldn't blame them because if I was playing on a team like that, where you're not even second, third or fourth, you're fifth or sixth fiddle and you're a good fucking hockey player. You mean to tell me I got to take a back seat to not for nothing. Nylander, fine. 
Tavares, whatever. Matthews, no doubt. Most of those guys on that team are not taking a backseat to Mitch Marner. No chance. Reason why? Doesn't have balls. Hockey's a tough game. If you don't got balls, why the fuck am I taking shit from you? Why are you getting certain things that we're not getting? Well, like, here, here's another thing too. Like we talk about that. You, I mean, you want to single out Marner? You can, but I mean, like, look at players in the past. Alino, Nick, like Kapanen, was supposed to oh. be insane. He was supposed to be really Connor Brown was supposed to be insane. We Andreas Janssen was supposed That's to be that. insane. Like. <laughs> Is this because of the core four? Is this because a guy like a Mitch Marner? Look what happened with Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman took over Connor Brown's original spot. Those two guys were literally the exact same player. And literally, they're like, you know what? We like Hyman a little more. Put him on the top line. Bam. Connects immediately with Matthews. So, But you're not saying Marner's name. You're saying Matthews' name. No, I know. That's the point. Is It's like, okay... You have a lot of great guys. Like, look at what we've been saying about Nick Robertson. This guy comes over in the Columbus series at like 19 years old, get scores in his second playoff game. It's like, okay, you're either riding or you're not. Then all of a sudden it's like injury, 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 injury. Oh, he's a bust. It's like, is he really a bust? Like give this kid a chance well, look, look because we have the core four. You're not going to give him a chance. You're not going to give him the narrative. That's why, you know, this off season, what we saw with Fraser Minton, like that was magical. We didn't. We have not heard a narrative like that in so many years. So it's like, you know, Fraser Minton. He got sent down. Yeah, it was a great story. But man, like I was so amped for him because he came in and it's he, like he second great. round pick. He looked great, just like Maddie Nye, just like Nick Robertson. There's a theme here. We're we're, we're killing it with the second round picks. But well, he, well, he, here's something. Just just I know we we also want to talk about goalies. I don't want to side road it, sidetrack everything. But like, we got to fuck. Would you going? Would you? If, no, no, but this is a question not just for us here, but even for Leaf fans. And it'd be interesting to hear what people have to say. Um, would you rather take this in, knowing that we have a guy like Fraser Min in the system, he'll need another year and a half or two before he can be Leafs full time. But knowing you have Matthew Nyes and Nick Robertson playing the way they've been playing as of late, would you rather have those guys playing how they're playing? Let's not forget they're on rookie fucking contracts. As opposed to, let's say, having you have two guys doing maybe one guy's job, which is Mitch Marner. Okay, they're not gonna you're not gonna replace Mitch Marner, but you get rid of Mitch Marner, you bring in as a door off, or you bring in a Tanev or whoever on D. You need more than that, obviously. But I'm just saying you're bringing the key component of who you're bringing in. But then at least that opens the door to bring in a guy like Cat uh, Patrick Kane because you got two guys doing Marner's job. That splits the work, and hopefully they can be more efficient at doing it, and you have more depth at doing the same job instead of putting your eggs in one basket. I know I'm singling out one guy, but at the end of the day, why not? At this point, you're removing, what, 10 or $9 million off of the books, whatever it is. You pay Willie. What the fuck's Mitch Marner going to want in a year and a half or in two years' time? That guy's going to be like, I want 12 and a half or I'm not playing for the Leafs. You trade him and let someone else deal with his problems. I guarantee you. Like, I'm not crazy. I don't think. You guys tell me. Eason Cohen's another one. He's, he looks like oh, a good okay. with his back checking the way he just takes a puck like it's that Sook sometimes. London That's Knights, another baby. One coming up. The London Knights. I like it. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of those where, uh, I mean. Is it that far-fetched, though? No, we we've been talking about trading Marner for a while, like at least an, at least six months. We've been like, okay, like 
I think it's time. I think a lot of people understand it, but they don't want to believe it. I mean, I'm going to sit here and tell you guys right now, Mitch Marner is one of the greatest, most skilled Leafs we've ever had. I'm not taking and, that away and, from and, him, and, no. And, and yeah, I mean, we're, we've been spoiled for quite some time in terms of on-ice skill. This, this, hold on. This generation of Leafs, People have been spoiled. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my point. You gotta, we're you, we're you, getting blinded by... Like, look who you, we you, had to watch you, 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 in 2007. You, you got to remember. Okay, Tyler Bozak, has, he, he put in his time. He won his cups. Tyler Bozak, great college <laughs> hockey player, pretty good NHLer, was a number one centerman on the Toronto Maple Leafs when we drafted Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri played second and third line while Bozy played on the top line, had Phil on one side and Joffrey on the other. You mean to tell me that given that gap of time, even before them, how many talented Leafs have there really been besides Matt Sundin and Alexander McGillney, Brian McCabe's a fan favorite, Thomas Caberlet, <laughs> Ed Belfour, Curtis Joseph. Like you got to go pretty fucking far back to find some guys that are worth putting in the rafters. And even some of these guys on this team now that we've had for quite some time, they're phenomenal talents. You'll never find them. You got to draft them. You can't really trade for them anymore or sign them as free agents. It doesn't make sense for a business, but they're going to have to move if we want to win. One of them, two of them, whoever. So do you do the Vegas approach, guys? Do you trade Marner and get like a That's like, a, you, like a slave in or Svechnikov? Like, I don't know. Like you just trade... I mean, Alex Tuck is not the player that Jack Eichel is, but that I think that's what our biggest worry is, Alino. If you trade a Marner, you're not getting an offensive player like Marner, like ever, like rarely ever again. Do you? But you have William Nylander yeah. waiting, like, and I think I could be the guy here. And it's like, but can you be the guy? Well, here's a question. Here's a question. To, to go to having, there's only been a few times and in the NHL and having too many stars has been a problem. And a great example, I think, was the New York Rangers last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kane, Teresa. You, you, you rattle that forward depth off going into the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> everyone it's, thought it's, they were winning the Kako's cup. It's Kako's fault. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it's Kako and it's uh, Shersterkin's fault, really. One of the best goalies in the NHL. It's his fault. They ran into a New Jersey team that had no business being where they are, playing flow hockey, nothing to lose, everything to gain, and they had too many weapons and they couldn't get it done. I think it's the same thing with the Leafs. I, if you go to a two-player a two system, two in the sense of Austin Matthews, William Nylander, right? And then you have everyone else around them doing their job because the Leafs have a bunch of 20 and 30 goal scorers on their team. They should be at least. You tell me that team doesn't win the cup with a couple more defensemen minus Mitch Marner and maybe a Patrick Kane or a goalie. Oh no, I agree. I think like we a I, goalie. I, I think we should trade Marner. I, I've been saying it, man, but we a goalie. We're not. We can't pull the trigger now. He's got no move clause. You know what the GM's gonna have to do? A goalie. He's gonna have to call him in his office. He's gonna have to jump off a fucking roof. <laughs> He's gonna have to sit him down. Leave him in Sweden. <laughs> Leave him in Sweden. He's gonna have to tell him. You know what? Here's your options. You have a no move. You have either a press box we can send you, <laughs> Arizona we can send you, or you better get some high beams on your fucking car. You're going to Calgary <laughs> where there's bears and deers all, all around. Pardon <laughs> up, kid. Or that's where you're going. That, you have to sit him down and talk to him. Maybe show him pictures of where he's going to go. Or that golf course I sent you guys in the IG group in <laughs> oh. South Africa. There's a golf course. Some snakes? Yeah, some snakes, snakes, lions, rhinos, tigers? lions, pumas. 
Best of luck. Just be the poster boy of Bet MGM. <laughs> Go be with Jamie Foxx where you belong in your, you know, $150 million smile. He, he, he embraced, he's embraced the poster boy million dollar lifestyle and everything. He's the fuck boy of Toronto. He, no, no, that's Matthews. He, 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 <laughs> he has, he has embraced what it takes to actually be a successful Toronto Maple Leaf. And not a lot of Leafs have in the past. Like you want to talk about being successful with the Leafs more often than not, that's been when they've had pretty good or decent goaltending. Like this goaltending situation we got now. What did I tell you about the 2018 team? We had Freddie Anderson going full tilt, man. He was one. He was a top 10 goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. Not, and this is going to translate to end the pod with, you know, goaltending. Goalies. Like Joseph Wall is a great goalie. Ilya Samsonov is a sporadic goalie. Yeah. He's great when he wants to be, and he's Veza Toskala when he's off, if not worse. And I don't blame Washington for getting rid of both Vanacek and Z- Samsonov. Dude, they get Darcy Kemper, your boy. Yeah. And Cup this guy just got a shutout the other day against Colorado. It's like, okay, like this guy means business when he wants to. You have to take, and this is again, going back to the Leafs, you have to take chances. I would get Kemper if I'm the Leafs. It's oh, just, they couldn't afford to pay him. Though, that, and, and that's what it comes down to, right? Like the whole goalie thing, right? The last Leafs goalie besides, and I've told Chris this a few times, a lot of people I've talked to about hockey, I've said this to Ray Croft. <laughs> not, not, no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm not, that, 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 that hurts. That, that actually hurts. The last time the Leafs actually had a goalie that everyone was really fucking rooting for and enjoyed watching playing because he dragged us to the playoffs was Optimus Ryan. Yes. James I fucking like Reimer. Fucking like, right. That Leafs right. team had no business being in the playoffs. He carried us to the eighth seed and we almost fucking well, beat we, the Boston Bruins. We blew it. Yeah, but but that that was the last goalie that the Leafs had where okay, he wasn't a number one starter. I love James Reimer, but you put him in net, he did his job and he tried his best to get you the win by whatever means necessary. Who do we have before him? Like no like let, let think of Leaf goalies Tos- in, in your history. Toskala, just because he was he was playing with Kiprasov and fucking Nabokov. He was a third stringer for like a few years. That's isn't, the only reason. Isn't he that got fucking popular. insane? Isn't yeah. that insane? And then what? Ed Belfort at the end of his career. He was great for us, but he was at the end of his career. I mean, we, yeah. we Cujo. Got, we got yeah, J.S. Shiger at the end of his career. I mean Kidd. like Trevor Kidd. Trevor was Kidd was good yeah. back in 03. Telkvist. Like we've had Pretty, but like, here's my thing with with Wall and Samsonov. We go back to 2014. Now I know it's rough times in 2014, but mm-hmm. you look at what Reimer and Bernier were doing, like as a tandem. They also they, they also, were great, man. Like they they would come out and they knew that they were competing with each other. And I think this is where we look at it and say, I mean, obviously the media is going to be like, oh, so who's the number one goalie? Are you mad? Are you mad? Like it's like no, like we're gonna try to actually make this competitive and bring out the best in what like in in each other and i just feel like that's not the case here i feel like the media has put this narrative on where it's samsonov versus wall and it definitely you could see it in samsonov's demeanor it's like does this team really fight for me because after that tampa game you saw him get pulled yeah. he freaking looked irate pissed i don't blame him like no. we were up one nothing we allowed four goals what our, our penalty kill is there, 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 there's so many there's so i feel like there's so many things that go into a goalie goalie tandems and how the dynamics work because a great example that everyone would love to have in a perfect world is you have a linus olmark and a jeremy swayman thing where when you're winning and they're playing well they're doing the hug thing after the game they love each other and everything they had the success there they won a fuck ton of games last year they probably should have been in the stanley cup final but they lost thank god but the Leafs fucked James Reimer that that offseason by bringing in Bernier, 
we believe in Reimer. You don't bring in Bernier. You you go with who you got in the minors, see if he has it. Reimer's your starter, right? Sammy, he's pissed for a fucking multitude of reasons, probably. The team always plays like shit when he's in net. He's overcompensating because he's in his head thinking that. So he's sliding from one end to the other, trying to overdo it. And then he probably also got his ass kicked when it came to arbitration. He played really well last year. He probably thought he was going to make at least maybe, fuck, what, 2.5 for a couple years. They hit him with that one-year offer at arbitration. That's a big kick in the nuts too, right? He thought a team believed in him and trusted him. And clearly that's not the case. I mean, mind you, it's performance-based too, but fuck, you mean going arbitration? I, I help get you guys to the playoffs minus a couple other things. And this is what you guys do. And then this is what I got to deal with in front of me night in and night out, whether I play good or bad. It's a fucking tough pill to swallow. And then you got Wall, the kid who's, fuck, he's been fun to watch. He's big too, but like, I don't know, man. It, it's tough. I like Wall as the starters because he seems confident. The team seems like they believe in him. But I do think that the Leafs need to, you know, do their job and show that they support Sammy as well because Sammy's not a bad goalie. He's not a great goalie, but he's a goalie that can win you a solid 20, 20 something games in the league. And in this league, if you can get a goalie that can win you that in a, the later stages in the season when everyone's hurt and tired, it's huge. What do you think, Alino? I think Edmonton would love a goalie right now. Oh, so fuck. It, I, that's the positive I look at with this goalie situation. As bad as it can be right now, it could be what the Edmonton Oilers have. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> and, dude, look at look at how bad the goalies are across the league, though. Yeah. Like, the drop-off was so bad. Like, okay, we were spoiled growing up in that 90s to mid-2000s goalie lineup. Like, Mid-2010s, yeah, Like, Hall of Famers all across the league. Was, now it's like, what the fuck? Like, you got Jake Allen having a renaissance a little bit in, yeah, in Montreal, but he's nothing uh, special. Yeah. Bennington, what happened to him? You know, you got Devin Levi in Buffalo being a star. Alex Lyon last yeah. year in the fucking playoffs. He's a third string now. Bobrovsky's no, no, but like, a stud, though. Oh, he's, 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 yeah, he's going to go down as one of those guys where it's like, you want you need a, a, a game to win. You need an upset. You bring in Bobrovsky. He's, he's, he knows upsets. He swept that 60 win Tampa team back <laughs> 2018. And this, this guy on the pod, I'm going to take Columbus in four. And yeah. we're just like, yeah. Elino, what, like, are you on Adderall? Yeah. Like, what the hell happened That's, that day? Bobrovsky, I have a good feeling. It's just the only thing with Bobrovsky. He's going to have those moments where he have a meltdown. But when it comes to like that one game, that's worth the 10 well, 70 well, safe well, shutout. That's well, what you need. It's like how he looked against the Leafs in the playoffs. We couldn't oh, fucking figure yeah. him out. He was out. a wall. Like, yeah, he was a wall. I, I mean, okay, look, it's safe to say in the league, gone are the days of like, you know, the carry prices, the Mark Andre Fleury's in their primes, the Luongos, the Waz, the Brodeurs, the Lundquists. Like, no, no, but like, take Macarena. that. In. Yeah, we yeah. get it. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We, we were now, spoiled. We now, get it. Now, now, what do we have? We, we, we don't have that. We got, I mean, he's got all the goalies. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just come up out of nowhere. Demko's amazing. I told, Sorrow's I've been telling you guys for on, years. Yeah. Demko's yeah. a goalie, man. But, he's but, a goalie. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's not enough people are watching how the goalies play in the World Juniors anymore or whatever it might fucking be. But Finland's always been a goalie factory. Russia lately has been a goalie factory. The U.S. is a goalie factory all of a sudden. What the fuck happened to Canada? I mean, the best, the best goalie coming out of Canada has probably been Carter Hart. And he's huh? been hurt a lot of the time. And Carter Hurt. I mean... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's maybe a bad idea to bring these goalies up really soon, but I know we've we've talked about this numerous times, Alina, where the league's getting younger and the players are getting better at a younger age. But it doesn't necessarily help the goalies' confidence. Like you, you mentioned Devin Levi with Buffalo. The way they're playing right now, if this if this guy goes on a stretch of like seven, like let's say three of his next ten games, he gets pulled. 
his confidence the rest of the year is gone because he's only 19-20. He's going to get killed. Look at what happened with Carter Hart. Look at what happened back like six years ago with UC Soros. It takes time with these goalies. Look at even Montembeau. Like it takes time. So again, Joseph Wall, people think he's 19 years old. He's like 25 now. It takes time for goalies. I think there's a narrative in the league, Alino. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think goalies are being started way too young. Yeah. I think for a salary cap because they all want to have the yeah. goalie come yeah. in and after the three <clears throat> years, oh, we'll give him like a bridge deal. Well, well, how, how many teams? Look at Spencer Knight, man. The yeah. guy got to go into the freaking... Even Matt Murray, too. Yeah, like they both had... Didn't Spencer Knight have to go into the alcohol? Yes, yes, yes. But what? Th- it, but that could be pressure. That could be... Well, of course. I mean, you're a goalie in the National Hockey League. Being a goalie in any sport, soccer or fucking anything like hockey, you're dealing with some of the most pressure in the fucking world when it comes to professional sports. <laughs> and then there's Buffon. <laughs> yeah, like fuck, like pressure, pressure can suck. Smoking my his cigarettes, <laughs> sipping his espressos like, till he's forty, what, forty seven, forty eight, still for going. Stringer just ready to oh go. Like, I, I think, I think though, like, like Alino, to your point, that's a fucking great point. Even Chris, yeah, teams are panicking because one, they'd rather pay guys given the salary cap that they know is going to get fucking sixty to 70 points that they can guarantee whether you're a defenseman or a forward instead of paying a goalie $10 million. Like, I don't think we'll ever see that unless this unless a salary cap's eliminated or the salary cap goes up a fuck ton of money, which it probably won't, <laughs> where you'll see goalies that are worth paying over $5 million. Like, not for nothing, Jack, Jack Campbell. Oh. Lovable guy, similar to Reimer, how everyone loved him. But I feel for the guy now, you throw him in into the fire in Edmonton, they... The defense there sucks, he, and he looks like he can't stop a beach ball. Darnell like, Nurse, nine million. Yeah, great, there's, con- there's, great contract. Vasilevsky, like the last one that like really Bob, came in at that end. Bob, Bob got the big I, money. I, yeah, Bob, I, I, if if anybody is Robin winning, Leonard, it's, it's Bob. Robin, oh, Robin, yeah. Robin Leonard got paid. I mean, he's not playing oh, anymore, yeah. but he got paid. He got paid. Yeah. Flurry. Flurry's I mean, a freaking legend, man. That guy can ballot. He, first ballot. I, 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 to this day, I watch that tribute to to Pittsburgh, and I actually kind of get teary a bit. Like it's it's one of those tributes where they he, like they extended the time. Like he's just staring up, and it's like he, you he, fucked up trading it. Like he why? Should, he and should, they pushed him out. Too. He should still be on that fucking team. Yeah, he, like he, he should still be on that fucking team. It's it's one of those things, man. We're, we'll end it here, but like it's just one of those things where you look at the goaltending, you look at the Leafs situation. Today was all Leafs. It's just frustrating. That's the main thing that I think we got here is like the structure of this team is frustrating. It's been frustrating for many, many years now. But in terms of Wall and Sammy, I think they really are. They could be an elite duo once they get the chemistry, once they get that mojo going. But here's the big thing with this team. TJ Brody... Mark Giordano, Jake McCabe are not going to cut it all year. So Magelson, we now, now again we're we're doing Timmons. this we're doing this podcast every week. So we're obviously going to talk about you know deadline and all that. But sooner rather than later, the Leafs are going to have to make a move because this is probably the worst defensive Leafs team since the Kessel era. Oh. And I love Morgan Riley. There's only so much he can do. So that's it for this week. Uh, all leaves this week, baby. We always bleed blue here on this channel. Um, make sure to check us out next week. We'll be back next week, boys. Signing out.